Slayer. Rock Hotel presents Slayer. August 31st at Madison Square Garden's Felt Forum. Slayer. Listen, you can already feel the ground shaking. Slayer and special guests, Danzig. Phrasing the metal pounding sound of Slayer, produced by John Schur and Chris Williamson. Channel admission tickets are available now at the Garden Box Office, Ticketmaster Outlets, or Ticketmaster Charge. Live at the Felt Forum, Slayer. No namby pamby rock and roll. This is. What was that? Well, I'll tell you back hey friends i'm straight up dissing and dismissing listen we're talking slayer it's what we do it's all we do mostly today's topic is the 1988 seat cushion chaos concert slash semi riot this intro this week is a little bit longer than you're used to but it does have relevant information i'm not just bullshitting the whole time if you just want to go right into the story, jump to about the nine minute mark, but there's some information about Def Jam, Rick Rubin, Def American. This is not a super long episode, but it's a good one. A lot of color. Buckle up. A lot. A lot of new listeners turned in for the last public episode, last couple, few weeks. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you're feeling it. If you are new, or if you're not new, here is the deal with Talkin' Slayer. Talkin' Slayer is written, largely rehearsed, deeply researched, lightly edited, and it has a little bit of production value, I like to think. Free listeners get basically every other episode. If you want to support the show and get every episode, please do. You can sign up at patreon.com slash slayerbook. Or if you would rather make a one-time transaction via PayPal or Venmo, we can do that too. Hit me up. But generally, generally, this show is brought to you by my books. I do not read bullshit ads where I pretend the ad is part of the interview. I hate that shit. I wouldn't do that to you, pals. I am your friend, Ferris, a.k.a. DX Ferris. D like David, X like X-Ray, Ferris like the wheel. I wrote two books about Slayer. I'm about to read you a chapter from one of them. That book is called Slayer 66 and Two Thirds, a metal band biography. The other Slayer book is part of the 33 and a third series. That is fairly prestigious, kind of a big deal. It's an ongoing collection of pocket-sized books about classic albums. They just released one by Ben Apatoff. Great dude. Uh, it's about the first Body Count album. Check it out. He did some amazing work on that. Mine is about the Rain and Blood album. There's a whole damn book about Rain and Blood. You should check it out. Please do. I wrote something like eight other books. 
One of them is about Goodfellas. If you don't have the time to read it, it is also available as a really good audiobook. It was read by Forrest Gabbage. That is the certified genius who sang the viral Glenn Danzig grocery list video. You've seen it. Box of saltines. Can of sardines. If you haven't, well, it's Danzig season. Check it out. The man is a true audio pro. He engineered it too, and I'll tell you, it sounds a lot better than this shit. But if you like good fellas, if you like self-help, I think it's a good read, or more to the point, a good listen. What an honor to work with that dude, Forrest Gabbage. Thank you, Forrest. He's good. He's real good. And I'll tell you, when I get to work with one person like that, then this entire game is worth it. So, easiest thing to do, visit Amazon. All my stuff is there. Anyhow, here's where we are in the story. In the last month or so, we covered the Rain and Blood album, and at length, in four episodes, we covered the Rain and Blood tours and all the drama that went down in and around the band. Last week, Patreon supporters heard an episode about the South of Heaven album and the first riot of the tour. Today's topic is about another big destructive incident big one with lasting consequences and repercussions. Before we get rolling, here is a quick note about last week's episode. We talked about Rick Rubin and the transition from Def Jam to Def American Records. It's all kind of blurry. Out there, there's a retroactive push to identify the early Slayers as Def American Records as opposed to Def Jam Records, Def Jam being maybe the greatest rap label of all time. Did I say maybe? I was tripping. No maybe about it. But they were not. Slayer's first two albums with Rick Rubin released on Def Jam. Here is the Rick Rubin 1987 to 1988 record. This is when Rick is growing from being some rap dude to being one of the greatest rock producers who ever lived. Timeline, 1986, October. Slayer's Rain and Blood is released on Def Jam. 1987, April. The Cult's Electric album is released. Rick Rubin produced that, but it was released on Sire slash Beggar's Banquet. It was not a Def Jam release. 1988, July, Slayer's South of Heaven is released. That was produced by Rick Rubin and released on Def Jam. Mere moments later, August 1988, Danzig's debut, self-titled, is produced by Rick Rubin and released on the Def American label. First Danzig album, the first Def American release. Band is on tour playing that whole record. I saw it. It was amazing. Don't miss it. You'll kick yourself later. And we are about to talk about the first New York show on the South of Heaven tour. Once again, I will give you a warning. I'm about to do a bad impression of Tom Mariah speaking from the stage. Bear with me. Here's the thing, folks. You can actually watch the whole 
concert, the whole debacle, the whole affair, the whole near riot on YouTube. I will include links to that in the show notes. You can check those out at patreon.com slash slayerbook. It's available to everybody, whether you're a patron or not. You can also visit there for some cool videos. Last week, I posted some South of Heaven demos, posted some related videos. Every week, I throw up a little bit of extra material that you can access whether or not you are a supporter. Just check it out. I think you'll like it. Patreon.com slash Slayerbook. Chapter 22, The Seat Cushion Chaos Concert The summer of 1988 ended with another bang. People who attended the band's next big show describe it as a riot. It wasn't quite a riot, and it certainly did not compare to the property damage and the unrest at the Hollywood show. But it is easy to understand why concertgoers recall it as a riot. On August 31, 1988, Slayer played New York City, which was the band's home away from home at that point. In the Big Apple, the group had graduated from multi-night stands in metal clubs. One of the tour's bigger shows took place at New York City's Felt Forum. That was a 5,000 capacity venue that is part of the Madison Square Garden complex. In subsequent years, it has been renamed the Paramount, the WAMU Theater at Madison Square Garden, and the Theater at Madison Square Garden, at the time, the Felt Forum. The theater had a sprawling general admission floor area in this configuration, and it had surrounding seating sections. The seats are what made it a memorable show for the ages. Before the concert, radio ads featured a deep, exciting, monster truck-style event announcer who promised, Slayer! You can already feel the ground shaking. This is no namby-pamby rock and roll. This is Slayer! The announcer was not exaggerating by much. Going into the show, venue management expected a madhouse. They marshaled a security force that could have quelled a conventional riot. But in the presence of Slayer, a distinct form of madness manifested. One of the sources I have for this is an anonymous account from the time that you can find, or last time I checked, you could find it. It was archived at the excellent website Slayerized.com. Slayer, then I-Z-E-D. You've been Slayerized, right? Really good source of information about Slayer. Made my books a lot easier to uh, research. That anonymous account claims that the New York City police were lined up standing shoulder to shoulder between the barricade and the stage before the show. That's, that's not uh, what we call true. I do fact check. But on video of the concert, no police are visible, not at this part anyway. Eyewitnesses who were there do not recall that kind of police presence either, just regular garden bouncers. 
those guys were nothing to trifle with. Here is a great source who was at the concert, the great Howie Abrams, who is a New Yorker, a lifer, fan, author, metal dude, righteous man. Uh, Howie has written a lot of books at this point, including being the co-author of an excellent fun book you should have called The Merciless Book of Metal Lists. He was also a former A&R rep for Warner Brothers and Roadrunner. If you know New York, if you know music, you know Howie, or you should. Check him out. I'm not even going to attend to do an imitation of Howie's voice. It would be a monumental flop. He deserves better, so I'm just going to read what he wrote for me. He recalled Howie Abrams. He said, It was 88. So far as the quote-unquote bigger venues go, the type of crowd reaction Slayer got must have freaked them out. They were clearly not ready for it, and this particular crowd was above and beyond, end quote. Before the show, fans decided that they could not wait for the headlining band to begin, so they started the action early. Howie was there to tell me this, he said, the barricade collapsed multiple times, including before Slayer even went on, and verbal attempts to get the crowd to cooperate with its repair fell on angry, deaf ears, end quote. Farther back in the venue, one fan ripped open his seat, tore open the foam cushion, pulled it out, and whizzed it across the crowd like a massive frisbee. The idea immediately went viral. Other people started doing it too, and the air filled with white foam squares. It looked like seagulls zooming over a beach. Other fans hurled along their gutted folding chairs. That show review, questionable, but we'll cite it here, that show review said, Eventually, Slayer came out and told us that if we didn't mellow out, they wouldn't be allowed to play. After a while, they came out and played one of the best shows, outside a Lamore show, I've ever seen. The pit was so fierce that night that everyone who was in it left bleeding and battered. End quote. On this point, the review and the eyewitness agree. I love this part. How he told me, there was a sense of violence in the air from the minute I arrived at this show. It seemed as if half the crowd was on angel dust and just didn't give a fuck about their own safety, much less anybody else's. To this day, I don't recall seeing as many bloodied, passed out, and fucked up kids in one building as I saw at this infamous show. End quote. Captured on a bootleg video, the concert is an unforgettable spectacle. Slayer take the stage and rage in their long-haired glory. Nine-foot squares of martial amps flank Lombardo's three-foot-tall drum riser. Armless t-shirts expose wiry arms on Hanneman and King, and the guitarists shred in front of black walls. Araya stays rooted, front and center, for the whole set. At either side of the stage, 
King and Hanneman headbang in place, mostly. Periodically, the guitarists casually stroll across the stage, switching places. With a cluster of lights on Lombardo's riser, the wafting special effects smoke is a permanent cloud around the drummer, who looks like he's playing atop a volcano. And the crowd is a crater full of bubbling lava. By the third song, the pounding silent scream, the pit is spitting a constant flow of bodies up and out onto the stage. At that song's climax, Arias screams, Death is fucking you insane! End quote. To his left, a shirtless long hair wearing fingerless gloves and a leather vest leaps from the stage onto the crowd. The crowd is so dense, this guy doesn't go anywhere. So he just crawls backward onto the stage, mashing heads and grinding his knees onto surprised fans' shoulders. When he reaches the stage, he jumps again, and this time he swims away, torso buoyed by a tide of raised arms. Deeper in the floor, four or five mosh pits break out in a convulsing mass of bodies. Araya has to stop the show and plead with the crowd for a little respite. I'm going to ask you for your cooperation. I know I'm asking for a lot. I'm going to ask your cooperation just once, okay? End quote. No, it was not okay. At least half a dozen bouncers are stationed across the stage, clustered at strategic points. They will hardly get a moment's rest on this show. At this point, they could have used another dozen bouncers. Arias says, We've got to straighten some of the shit that's down here in the front. And he gestures to the rapidly disappearing space between the stage and the crowd. The frazzled bouncers shuffle some hardware around, and then the crush continues anyway. Slayer kick into the slower song At Dawn They Sleep. Hanneman and King are both stage right, headbanging in unison at either side of a giant, bedazzled, inverted crucifix mounted on the martial wall. The crowd has subsided for now, but it will not last. By the time the song reaches a crescendo and Tom chants, Kill! 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 The crowd stage overflow has completely resumed. Tom is ambivalent about it. There's no denying it is kind of awesome. He says, You guys have to be one of the fucking wildest bunches we've played for yet, man. I take it there's no taming the New York hardcore influence. End quote. In about 75 minutes, Slayer plow through 17 songs, playing at their absolute tightest. The set list is South of Heaven, Raining Blood, Silent Scream, At Dawn They Sleep, Read Between the Lies, Fight Till Death, Mandatory Suicide, Kill Again, Behind the Crooked Cross, Postmortem, Reborn, Die by the Sword, Altar of Sacrifice, Jesus Saves, Chemical Warfare, Ghosts of War, and Angel of Death 
I'm telling you what, you can all relate to this. When you go see a band live, you generally don't want to hear the new songs or too much of it. In my entire life, this is the one time when nobody was disappointed with the new shit. We were here for it. South of Heaven, is there a better way to start a concert? I don't think so. I can't think of one offhand. Even on the bootleg, the performance and the sound quality, for my money, are more impressive than anything from the band's official live album, 1991's double LP, Decade of Aggression. I don't like that album. If I could have a wish, I would want an official produced live album from the South of Heaven tour. I want to see how that sounds. I want to hear that. By the penultimate song in the set, Chemical Warfare, the entire floor is a churning pit. The main set concludes with Ghosts of War. For two tense minutes, the crowd surfing dies down. But deeper in the hall, the frenzy escalates. This is what Howie Abrams recalls. I began to see packs of kids with knives and other sharp objects running toward the back of the venue where there were several rows of seats. This shit is right out of the Warriors. This is some crazy color. The cushions kept coming. Once again, the air fills with whizzing white foam squares. Recalls Howie, it looked like it was snowing. End quote. Rather than milk the tension for an inevitable encore, a riot takes the stage and he pleads with the crowd to please settle down. Listen, man, he says, chuckling. Under inadvertent assault by loyal fans, he issues some directions to the light crew. Can we drop the spots? Because I can't see shit flying at me. Alone in front of the pulsing crowd, the front man continues. Listen, I've been asked to inform you guys. Stop throwing these fucking cushions around. You guys came here to have a good time and you're fucking blowing it. Big time, man. Listen, this isn't me talking. This is common sense here, dudes. Fucking A, come on. I know you're here to have a good time. You're having a good time. But fuck, man, why don't you give us a break? Do me a favor, leave the fucking spots off. I can't see shit flying. We can probably never play here again because of all this shit. That might be Tom's longest stage rap ever. The rest of the band join him. They play a killer angel of death, but they never play it here again. Well, not in that century. When they returned to New York in October, they were back at Lemoore for a two-night stand. Araya plays the final song with a bouncer stationed to his left. The bouncer spends the whole tune trying to catch or deflect flying foam. The studio version of that incredibly fast song runs 4 minutes 51 seconds, but the band finished it in 4 minutes and 36 seconds tonight about 5% faster. At the end of the song, Araya shouts, Thank you, fucking New York! Good night, assholes! Maximum gratitude. Maximum gratitude. Undisputed gratitude to the Slatanic superfans who financially support this show. 
including, but not limited to, Vince Stigma Bloom, Dave Mack, simply a solid dude, Chris, aka Bruno San Martino Rules, men's intercontinental and universal champ, Daryl's Whammy Bar, Metal Matt Hinch, Ryan Dussault, David Jones, also the hardliest working man in podcasting, host of thrashmetalshow.com, part of the When It Was Cool empire, your friend, no friender. Thank you, sir. Yens guys do more than your share to keep their show coming. Thank Yens very much. Give a little bit more and you too can make the list. Sign up at patreon.com slash slayerbook. Patreon.com slash slayerbook. Thank you for listening to Talkin' Slayer, a podcast and half-assed audio book by your pal Ferris. To support the show and learn more, visit patreon.com slash slayerbook. S-L-A-Y-E-R-B-O-O-K. Patreon.com slayerbook. No S on the end. Credits and crucial thanks. Podcast artwork is by Jason Shank of Midwest Authenticity Consultants. Unless otherwise noted, all the rad music is by Nige Savage, the aggressive perfecter, also of the awesome UK thrash band Chupacabra. Check them out. From the hit podcast Spanking It with Julio, the producer is Mitch Kramer, the spirit in black. The dog is Wolfie. Audio technical consultants are... Matt Wardlaw, The Tormentor, Forrest Gabbage of Southbound Tracks, codenamed Gemini, Jessica Baxter of the Paid in Puke podcast, and Stargate Pioneer and everyone at the Gunna Geek Network. Consultant for Audiovisual Affairs and Irish History is James Ferris of Massive Media. The beta test group is Vince Bloom, Craig Cohen, Steve-O, your older brother Sam, Bruno McDonald, Jason Pettigrew, Outer Nowhere, Sue Madre, and Mike Olszewski. The Slatanic Archivists are Jamie Walters, Tony Alberts, Spar Schmidt, Chris Bade, Paul from Dropgun, Paul from Slayerized, and Nicholas, the Slayer Collector. Ongoing thanks to metal mentors and radio dudes, including but not limited to Ed Rohr, Brian Biggs, Randy Fox, and Dean B. True. Additional Shingy, courtesy Captain Shum and the Concerned Party Lembe Squad. Expert consultation by Nate Runkle, the Catalyst, also of Yo, That's My John, good show. Howard H. Smith of Acid Rain and Talking Bullocks, a.k.a. the Captor of Sin. No Friender of the Thrash Metal Show and the When It Was Cool Podcast Network. And Ryan J. Downey, the Ghost of War, also of the Speak and Destroy Podcast. Thanks. I heart ends. I heart ends all. A lot. Partial list of people that I wish were still here. Sumner J. Ferris. Nora Ferris. Vera Lehane. Ron Forsyth, Lori Martin, Audrey Sapizi, Don Olszewski, and Tom Morrissey. Jeff Hanneman too, obviously, but I did not know him personally. 
If you have a different opinion, you are right and I am wrong. If you have questions or you want to rap, you can find me online. At Twitter, I am SlayerBook, no S. On Insta, I am SlayerBooks, with an S on the end. On Facebook, SlayerBook, no S. Buy the book and you can find an email address in it. The book, Slayer 66 and Two Thirds, a metal band biography, the 2023 postmortem update, is published by 6623 Press. It is a very reasonably priced paperback and a very cheap Kindle ebook. 6623 Press makes useful, reasonably priced, unconventional, creator-owned books about popular culture, success, and other cool stuff. This podcast is a production of 6623 Press and Mostly Things. The easiest place to find my books is Amazon, but select retailers have them too. If you're a retailer and you don't have them, but you want them, hit me up. Thank you for listening. More next time. Peace. Hey, that line at the beginning, I wrote that one. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane came over to my house. He heard me humming it. He said, hey, that sounds good.